depending on how much the view in the mirror had upset her, or on what kind of night she'd had. There were days when her hands were shaking and sweating so that her makeup was patchy, or when her skin was so marked that two layers of foundation seemed to make little difference. On those days, she slapped her face as she applied it, punishing. She watched her eyes in the mirror as she did it, hard enough to hurt, not hard enough to mark. Then the powder patted into the familiar mask. She pursed her lips, stroked blush into the hollows made beneath her cheekbones, squinted until the face in the mirror became a blurred oval, and she could see that the stripes of color were even. Enough. She blinked, took up her pencil, focused. The eyebrows first, high, surprised arches framing her long eyes. Shadow, liquid liner, three coats of mascara. She worked like an artist, blending, smudging, deepening colors. Occasionally, she took a drag on her cigarette, a mouthful of coffee, a final dusting of powder, a coat of lipstick, blotted, a comb through her hair, teasing it taller, a silver spiral of hairspray. And it was done. For the first time that day, she could look at her face as a whole. She was Ruth, then. Now she is one of twenty shivering women in a tiled room, huddled beneath thin trickles of lukewarm water. Twenty slivers of cheap green soap. Twenty thin towels on twenty rusty hooks. In here she closes her eyes, blocks out the echoing shouts, the singing, the cursing. Tries to pretend she's alone, and concentrates on getting clean. She never feels clean enough. In her first week, she asked for a nail brush, and she digs the bristles into the soap, focuses on picking up the shards of slimy green, on working it into a thin layer between her palm and the brush. And then she scrubs, the way they used to scour her face at the convent school until her skin burned. She closes her eyes and sees herself as she was then, thirteen and tiny, flat-chested, lank-haired, her face a film of oil covered in red and white pimples. She feels the water sting her skin in the same way, inhales the same smells of bleach and steam, and she isn't sure where she is any longer, and she knows that it hardly matters. And when the guards shout at her to move it along, she opens her eyes and takes her rough towel and rubs her skin until it smarts. Later, she will take the tiny mirror they have allowed her and look at a fragment of her face and see the shine, the oil, the pimples, and know that she is still being punished. Just occasionally, she will lift the mirror to her eyes, quickly so as not to see the worst, and smooth out her eyebrows, lick her fingers and curl it up her lashes, wipe away some of the shine and try to see herself in her reflection. Tiny vanities are all she has left of herself. She dresses quickly in the graying underwear and cotton dress they have given her and pulls on a sweater because she is never warm enough. She waits for the inspection of her bunk, her cell, herself, and then it's time for breakfast. At one time, breakfast meant magazine-perfect thoughts of coffee pots and warm toast and sunshiny pats of butter, of a mommy and daddy and tousle-headed children with milky mouths of smiles and kisses, and the start of an ordinary day. She thought pictures like these would lift her out of here, until she learned that the sunshine images would return at night, 
and the brightness of those breakfast smiles would make her sob into the darkness. Now she concentrates on one moment at a time, on the echoing sounds of the stairwells, the cold metallic handrails, then the feel of the tray and the plastic cutlery, the smell of eggs and grits and grease, the taste of bitter coffee, and the noises that 324 women make when they chew. There is a long line of these moments, one after another, like beads on a rosary. She needs only hold one at a time, and then they are over, and she can walk to the library and say good morning to Christine. Christine is the librarian, and a lifer, and therefore has certain privileges. She was a schoolteacher in Port Washington until she killed her husband with an ice pick and a kitchen knife. Christine is almost 60, slender, dark-haired, unfailingly courteous and serene.